welcome to the Authors Lighthouse podcast, helping writers and emerging authors navigate the choppy waters of publishing. I'm your host, Karen Schober, indie author and author consultant. Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Uh, This week, we are going to talk about my favorite programs for writing. There are countless programs and apps to help with writing and the book business. While there are a wide variety of programs at all different price points, you do need to choose what will work best for you and your budget. Today, I will discuss just programs or apps used for writing. The business end of things will be a later show and I need to do some real research on what works best for me. There will be affiliate links in the show notes if you want to try one or a few of them out. In the category of word processing, there are many options and all different price points. The key functions are the same, but the higher level functions and the ability to collaborate can be important. First of all, we have Microsoft Word. This is my preferred word processor I use with everything from creating this show to writing my books. It does everything I need, including track changes feature for when I'm working on a group project or with an editor. I get feedback as well from the group and from the editor. It works well on both the PC and the Mac. While it is a paid program with an annual fee of $99, it gives you the full suite of Microsoft products like Excel, PowerPoint, and Outlook. Plus, it gives you a cloud storage and auto backup, and I love this feature. I have lost many things because I did not save, and this auto save backup feature has really saved my butt. If you are a student, there is a discount for you, so take advantage of that if you can. I started using this program when I took my first foray into publishing. Before that, I was using OpenOffice, which is free, which is much like Office Libre, which is also free. Both these programs are open source, but I was having issues sending files to others, and it did not work well when there was collaboration, and even even more so when the others weren't using it. Another free word processing program that has really gained traction is Google Docs. While this does most of what Word does, it is free. The only downside is if you are collaborating with someone, they also have to use Google Docs. And when exporting, you need to check the file extension. If you want it to be saved as a Word file, you need to save it as a .docx file. As far as I have seen, Google Docs have the same features as Word, but the way you do them might be a little different. Google Docs has other kinds of files like Sheets, which is like Excel, and Slides, which is like PowerPoint. The one thing that sets this aside from from Microsoft is Google Forms. This allows you to create a survey and collect data in a Sheets file. Very handy and something I am experimenting with for other projects. There are two other programs that also need to be discussed. While they are word processors, word processors, they can do a lot more than that. They are Scrivener and Atticus. Both are paid programs, 
but when coupon codes roll around, it's a good time to get them. Scrivener helps you create your book, but it can do much more than that in the pre-planning stage. It lets you make an outline on a virtual corkboard and make individual files on each of your main characters and much, much more. It has a bit of a learning curve, but they do offer free tutorials to help you get started. I've tried it and I'd like to try it at a later time, but when getting started with it, it's not best to be on a deadline or when you have a pot bunny screaming at you to get written. Atticus is a new program that can format your file for ebook and print, but it can also be a powerful word processor as well. I like how it will help you build your table of contents for both print and ebook as well, along with the specific needs for each format of your book. It is much newer and pretty much than pretty much any other program or app out there in the writing world. So it's still evolving. I do like it for formatting and it's much better than using Word to format and much less of a learning curve than using InDesign. Another formatting software is Vellum. I have not used it personally, but I have heard it is amazing and easy to use. The main reason I have not tried it out yet is because it is for Mac only and they have no plans to make it for the PC. For me to use it, I would either need to get a Mac and learn how to use a Mac or find a Mac emulator to run the program. I was about to go this route when I heard about Atticus. For those that use it, I have heard great things about it. I do enjoy doing my own formatting most of the time. You can do a lot with Word, but Word is foremost a word processor. In the terms of spell check, yes, spell check is usually part of a word processing software, but it's very basic and doesn't usually catch punctuation or grammar errors very well. There are two main apps out there that are spell check grammar checks. They are Pro Writing Aid and Grammarly. Both programs can integrate into most word processor programs and even upgrade the spelling grammar check in things like emails. Both apps have a free version that can catch spelling errors, but the annual subscription really lets loose a powerhouse. I have Pro Writing Aid and it has caught so many errors and even helping me not use the passive voice too much and also finds where I need to add or subtract commas. That's something authors always have issues with. While it doesn't work with every program I have, it does enough and I really, really like it and its interface. You can override its suggestions and add things to the dictionary along with updating the database as language evolves. ProWriting Aid is the last program I use to clean up a manuscript before sending it to my editor and what I use for a final pass before the manuscript heads to formatting. Grammarly is also a wonderful program to kick the spell checker up a few notches. I have used the free version and it is great. It integrates with many online features like email, but I have not paid for the 
subscription version, but I have heard wonderful things and does allow for collaboration as well. If you are needing to create a bibliography or references for resources, I do recommend Chegg's Citation Machine. It is free and with a few ads or a small free in an ad-free version. I use the free version and don't mind watching the short videos. It's not riddled with ads and you can get your work done. I really like this because not only does it save your citation in the format you choose, it puts it in alphabetical order, but you can also have folders for different books or school courses. It is very handy and is free to sign up for. It has made writing academic papers so, so much easier to use than Word to format them. You input the data or a link and then copy and paste it into your document. Super easy and no hair pulling out at 1150 when you have a midnight deadline and you're worried that your commas are all in the wrong places. Because earlier I mentioned formatting software, I want to touch upon the Adobe suite of programs. Like Microsoft, Adobe has a subscription service for their products. They include InDesign and Photoshop, plus many others. These are professional design programs, and there is a learning curve with these. But it shouldn't take a degree in art to be able to use them either. They are more of a powerhouse than Atticus, Vellum, or Scrivener, but to use them successfully takes more time and practice. When you want to try out a new program, consider what you are hoping to get from it and if there is a free trial. Most of these programs have a free or limited free trial that is good to determine if you like it or not. Test them out and see if you know anyone who uses them for any tips or opinions. Of course, always look out for those coupon codes. Having the right program to help your writing and production process can help make it easier for you to get the words on the page, make sure they make sense, and to make them look good on the final page. Today's show is brought to you by Canva. Being an author means having to market your own materials, no matter if you're indie or trad. Instead of hiring someone, using Canva can help you create your own graphics for things like social media, printed graphics, without the learning curve of other programs. With easy-to-use, customizable templates ready to go, it makes creating a breeze. I use them for all my social media, create podcast tiles, and even around the house. Canva is a growing platform already used by more than 18 million users worldwide. It helps users create stunning and intuitive designs that can be used for social media posts, website graphics, and even pr printed materials. Users can do anything from graphic designs to video editing. To check it out and get your own free account, go to Partner canva.com slash ahl and start designing right away the word of the week the oxford comma what is an oxford comma 
It is also called a serial comma or a Harvard comma. It is part of the house style for the Oxford University Press. It is used in a series of at least three items, like we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Oxford comma is the comma that comes before the last word in the series. In this case, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it would be between, it would be after lunch and before the word and. So why is this a thing? <laughs> Some say it is redundant because of the use of and and the coordinating conjuncture of the series. Depending on where you are or who you are writing for depends on if this comma needs to be used. Here in the U.S., it is often used by many style guides, but in England, it could go either way, and in Canada, they don't use it at all. Because it is a difference of opinion if this comma is necessary, there are huge debates and countless memes about the Oxford comma. While there are cases of keeping or eliminating that last comma, the one that makes sense is the one that pertains to formatting. If space is an issue and the extra comma takes up space, then you need to get rid of it. If you have the space, why not include it? It's not hurting anyone. I like the Oxford comma. I like how it looks when writing items in a series and my pro writing aid corrects it automatically for me. But if it's not for you, know that it's not really necessary either. So in this case, it is best to agree to disagree and figure out where to put the rest of the commas in our documents. In news this week, there are no updates on the antitrust case against Penguin Random House this week. But the IBPA, which is the Independent Book Publishers Association, has redefined the criteria for hybrid publishers with their 11-point criteria. To quote IBPA's CEO, Angela Boyle, she points to the introduction of the new document when asked why an updated was needed. It reads, in part, for the avoidance of doubt, this means organizations that do not adhere to the entirety of IBPA's hybrid publisher criteria, or adhere to most, but not all the criteria, are not hybrid publishers as IBPA would define them. They should not be calling themselves hybrid. These organizations are better categorized as self-publishing service providers. In a self-publishing service provider slash author relationship, it is the author who plays the publisher's role. Self-publishing service providers mislabeling themselves as hybrid publishers, whether knowingly or unknowingly, are contributing to the confusion and exploitation of authors and are rightly called out for doing so. So what are these 11 points of criteria? I'm going to list them quickly, but the, there is a link in the show notes to more information. One, define a mission and vision for its publishing program. Two, vet submissions. Three, commit to truth and transparency in business practices. 
Four, provide a negotiable, easy to use contract for each book published. Five, publish under its own imprint or imprints and ISBNs. Six, publish to industry standards. Seven, ensure editorial design and production quality. Eight, pursue and manage a range of publishing rights. Nine, provide distribution services. 10, demonstrate respectable sales. And 11, pay authors a higher than standard royalty. And like I said, the link to the full hybrid publisher criteria for practices and additional details are in the show notes. I personally applaud IBPA for updating this to help protect authors and ethical publishers. And last, here's my personal update. My update is one of productivity. I am a fan of productivity, planners, and anything to do to help me get more done. With all that research, it doesn't help if you don't use it and therefore get less done or could be doing things at the wrong time. I like pen and paper for my activities. This includes my to-do lists. I am fantastic at making lists and love checking things off the list, but I have become terrible at not looking at them several times a day to see what I need to do next. Years ago, I heard some productivity experts say that a got done list is the key to getting stuff done. I scoffed it off at the time, thinking it was silly, but there was a reason that concept stuck in my head. Three weeks ago, I started a got done list on my two page spread of my weekly to do list. It's also a calendar, and I can't remember ever getting this much stuff done. It gets me into my planner, which is just a hardcover lined notebook, several times a day. Before this little change, my to-do list slash calendar would sit in my bag for weeks untouched. Now it goes with me everywhere. I do a two-page spread. On the left side is a mind dump of things I need to do that week. It could be repeating tasks like record this episode or a one-time thing like make a doctor's appointment. On the right side, I fold the sheet in half. The left side of that page is my Monday through Sunday calendar where I put tasks and try to break down the activities I need to do so I don't overwhelm myself with work. On the right side of that page is my done list and I compete with myself to get that list longer and longer every week. Not only am I getting stuff done, but I've been pulling it off for weeks or longer, and I'm creating good habits and it feels fantastic. I really try to have tasks that are small and manageable to do. And things like create this week's show tile and post it on social media, not write the whole book. The more good feelings I have, the more I want to continue doing this. And the more I get done towards my goals in both life and work. So I recommend giving it a try, see if it works for you, but it is fantastic. 
Well, that's it for this week's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you have a very productive week with your writing. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. Have a great week. And I'll see you back here next week. Bye. This was the Author's Lighthouse, a Fireball Studio production. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Author's Lighthouse. And if you like the show, leave us, leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform. It really helps get the show discovered. And also don't forget to subscribe. If you have a topic you would like to suggest for a future episode, email it to Karen at theauthorslighthouse.com. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, please support the show at patreon.com slash authors lighthouse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash authors lighthouse. Every bit helps support the show. This was the Authors Lighthouse, a Fireball Studio production. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Authors Lighthouse and on Twitter at Authors LH. And if you like the show, subscribe and leave us five star review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps get the show discovered. If you have a topic you would like to suggest for a future episode, email it to Karen at the Authors Lighthouse.com. That's K A R E N at the Authors Lighthouse.com. And if you really like this story and want to help more, please support the show at patreon.com slash authors lighthouse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash authors lighthouse. Every little bit helps support the show. And thank you.